G'day, I am Tam and I am here to talk publicly about the crap no one else does. This podcast is for ladies wanting a no BS honest conversation about women's health, wealth, struggles and success. We talk separation, divorce, we banter about boob jobs and so much more. Join me and my guests as we share our insights and stories and have a whole lot of fun along the way. G'day and welcome to the I Am Tam podcast. I am your host, Tam Shields, and I am so excited to have an incredible guest on this episode. Danny is the principal of Respect Family Lawyers. She is driven by a passion for working in family law and also supporting families to do divorce differently. As somebody who experienced divorce almost eight years ago, I only wish I had have known about Danny back then. She's an empathetic people person and her mission is to help keep families and kids out of the court system wherever possible. She also supports her clients both legally and emotionally, so so important through this difficult chapter in their lives. Danny is amazing. She is a goddess and I am super excited for you to listen to her and I speak. So thank you, Danny, for being on with us today. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So uh, my first question for you today is um, tell us a little bit about your, your background, your qualifications and what it is that you do. I finished law at Monash in 2008 and it was always very clear to me that family law was all that I would ever practice. Um, I, I suppose it's, I mean, the situation where I've experienced separation as a child And then I've also experienced separation in my personal life now that I'm an adult, you know, having separated from my ex and I'm a single mum to three kids. But family law was always going to be um, my vocation. When I was seven, my parents split and it was under very strenuous circumstances. So the sheriff came to our house on a Thursday morning and repossessed our home. And my mum was not expecting that. She was homeless with three kids. And my, my sister, 16, 16 months younger than me, has Down syndrome. So it was, you know, it was very, very difficult times. And I remember, um, you know, people packing up our stuff, like even my Barbie dolls. And, um, and my mum was upstairs and I heard her make this phone call and she was so distressed, like I'd never heard her like that before. And she was talking to her lawyer and she said, you know, I really need help. Like, can you help me? And he was like, well, there's nothing you can do. You know, you've just got to follow what they say. And she was so distressed. And um, she turned to me and she said, mummy needs you to be a big girl right now. Mum needs your help. And I suppose I've always been, (laughs) you know, that big girl since then, you know. Um, And that happens to a lot of kids when they're the eldest. But I thought to myself in that moment, well, hang on. Why isn't this guy helping my mum? She really needs help. She's begging for help. Mm-hmm. literally begging yeah. and then I the other thought I had to myself was well where's my lawyer and who's helping me because no one's here to help me through this mess yeah um so even though it sounds you know a bit far-fetched I was seven at the time but that's when I decided that I was going to help other mums in that situation so that they're not blindsided like that and that they have agency in their life that they're not left homeless on the street unexpectedly. So a lot of the work I do is, yes, it's about fixing people's problems once the separation has occurred, but also empowering women to make um, 
different decisions for their life so that they do have agency when it does happen so that they're not stuck in a relationship because they have to be there for financial reasons or you know emotional reasons mm-hmm. um, so that they can have better outcomes than what we had because what followed was some very difficult years mm-hmm. um, and you know a lot of litigation a lot of animosity but also um, a lot of economic struggle and you know, my mum's amazing and she's rebuilt her life and she's, you know, really successful, beautiful, powerful woman now. Um, but if I can help kind of smooth the path for other women in any way, I will do anything to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very passionate about my work. I mean, it's not work for me. I love coming to work every single day. And what I've done is built a team of women around me and there's 16 of us who all share the same values which is, you know, how can we help? We really, really care. <laughs> and, um, and so I don't, you know, call references when I hire staff because I figure I can teach anyone the skills, but you can't teach someone values. You can't teach someone to care. You can't teach someone the passion. And so I've just, yeah, I'm really proud of what we've built here at Respect. Um, it's really meaningful to me and I do feel that we are making a difference. I do. Yep. What do you feel like is um, the most contributing factor to your mother moving through all of that transition and through all of that struggle and, and those challenges? What do you think the main contributing factor to her success now and her getting to where she is now and yourself? Mm. What do you think is the most contributing factor for that? There's a natural resilience, I think. Um, and I think women are much more resilient than men naturally. Mm-hmm. And it was, and there was definitely some hard knocks along the way, but she also had beautiful friends, women that banded around her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really amazing thing about women. What I see, you know, I represent probably 90% women, 10% men, and the women will often come in with their best friend. They'll all often have that support and men often are on their own mm-hmm. and really carry a lot of shame don't want to talk to their friends about it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a real advantage as women that we can band together like that and um, we're definitely stronger together. Yeah. It's also probably worth recognising the fact what you just said as well. Like for men, they generally generally don't have anybody to support coming with them. No. And I find that they can become much more emotionally reliant on me than my female clients Mm -hmm. and I think that's sad I definitely think they need more support and like I I said to you earlier I really enjoy representing men Mm -hmm. some of my female clients get upset about that Mm -hmm. but the reality is I think if you know if you've got a good lawyer acting for your ex you're going to get a better outcome as well you know and what I mean by a good lawyer is someone who's ethical and moral and wants the best for your children I'm not you know I'm not saying a bulldog yeah and And we can all, you know, we're advocates, right? So we can all get tough and be a bulldog when we need to. And for me, that's when I need to protect vulnerable children. I will go as hard as I need to go. But when there's a family that are broken and they just need help to get through this period of time, Mm -hmm. I'll just pick up the phone to the other lawyer and say, well, how can we help this family? There's no, you know. Um, So, yeah, I, I enjoy representing. Yep. All sorts of people. What do you think um, for your firm for Respect Family Lawyers? What do you what do you feel is the difference with you guys? I mean, you've spoken about the fact that 
how would you be different to you know yeah. another agency or another another firm down the road I think there's two parts to it like one that I've already touched on is our values and that we actually care and we will hold your hand right through the process as much as you want us to mm-hmm. obviously that's not for everyone but yeah. some people need a hell of a lot of support and so that feeds into the second part is that I recognize I'm a lawyer I'm not a psychologist I'm not an accountant there's a lot of things that I'm not and I also recognize that paying a lawyer an hourly rate to be an accountant, to be a psychologist is not fair, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So what I do is the first consult when I meet with a client, I quickly ascertain who does this person need around them? What village do they need for support to get through this time of their life? Mm -hmm. And so it can be as straightforward as, you know, putting them in touch with an accountant, a psychologist, a child psychologist, but I've also done weird and wonderful things where I'm getting, you know, a naturopath on board, a nutritionist on board to build up my, you know, client's health and stamina to cope with the process, personal trainer, all sorts of different things, right? And often I might say, you know what, your story is very similar to a previous client I've had. How do you feel about me giving her your phone number? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I think that you could really... You know, when you meet with a client, they're right in the thick of the storm. They cannot see what life could be like on the other side. I can see it because, you know, I've helped thousands of women through this. I can see what life can look like, but they can't. So if they speak to a previous client who's gone through this two or three years ago and they've come through the other side and they're flourishing, that can be it's hopeful. Do I make money out of that? No, but I just think we get better outcomes for everyone. Um, when we band together and we create that village of support. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. That's, you know, the um, the whole intention of this entire community is just to be connecting, um, connecting women, yeah. um, learning through stories, learning through sharing, and yeah. also being able to give hope that there is life on the other side. There is, you know so much so many fantastic things waiting for you yeah there are going to be challenges there are going to be dark moments there are going to be and I'm experiencing that myself so I just had you know my birthday yesterday first time as a single mum so that was strange you know I didn't wake up with my kids yesterday morning Mm -hmm. um so that's a new thing to adjust to right yeah Um, but then I got to go out with my girlfriends have a wild time and then have a beautiful lunch with my ex and my children all together and you know yeah um so it was definitely different it's but different. there's a lot to look forward to and I think especially as a woman we lose ourselves in a marriage and when we become mums we lose a lot of ourselves and so then all of a sudden you're thinking well hang on what do I want my morning routine to look like when I don't have the kids what can I do to nourish myself what do I actually enjoy what do I actually enjoy? What music do I actually like listening to? You know, what radio station do I like to listen to in, in the car? Like basic things that just... Sometimes basic. I want the radio off and silent. Totally, right? <laughs> so then I got to think, well, hang on, what would I want to do on my birthday other than, you know, I'd usually still just keep the kids' routine going, you know, drive them around to their extracurricular activities, you know, you name it. That's right. So I got to think for the first time, well, what, what do I want to do for me? And that 
I think is really powerful. It is really powerful, yep. yeah. Because I think, um, and I found this um, both when I was still married and even through separation and even on the other side of separation, that sometimes um, wanting to fill your own cup can lead to... Um, You've got to be very conscious of other people's opinions and, and what they have to Absolutely. say about that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I've encountered a lot of that, I have to be honest. And I think it really is a lot of projection because people are trying to justify their own decisions in life. Yep, totally. Yep. But And so when you do separate, you do lose a couple of people in your life, but mm-hmm. then you also make room for new, beautiful friends that have been through similar experiences to you. Yeah. But it's not personal. Like, you know, you'll always have a girlfriend that will say, you know, maybe you should just stick it out, make it work for the kids. You've got to think about the kids, right? <laughs> but that's the, that's the decision they're making in their own life and it's just projection and they don't mean anything bad by it. No, but it it might just mean that, you know, for the first few months you have some, you know, boundaries with that particular friend. You just have a little bit of distance around it and it's the same. It's not even just friends. It can be family as well. Absolutely, yeah, family. I always suggest, you know, just really consider particularly at the very beginning of your separation when you know there's a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of moving parts Mm. Um, be really conscious about who you actually divulge the your situation to because you know sometimes the people that we think will support us the most are the least supportive or they might be triggering stuff in you with what they have to say and it's just because of it's just because they care about you and they're fearful for you which is why they would often say something like that or they are projecting it so you yeah, can you leave yourself on. you can leave yourself vulnerable when you overshare you can yeah and yeah. so i often say to my clients you know you're going to talk to your friends but choose one ride or die right yeah yeah that you can bring to your lawyer's office with you that yeah. you know, will have your back um and one person is enough for that it of is, course yeah. you can speak to more than one person but i think when it comes to those really, I mean, there's some really hard decisions sometimes in a separation. It's yep. good to have that ride or die person that you know has yep. got your back. They've got your back, but also really, really, you know, as an added bonus, if they're honest with you, yeah, pull you up when you might be sure. And they can act. They can act as a mirror. You they know, say, so, well, hang on. <laughs> Is are you are you making this decision out of spite? Yeah. Do the kids really care if they come to you an hour later on Christmas Day? Is that really going to make a difference? Yeah. 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 <laughs> right, yeah. I've got that friend. She's been through the ringer with me. <laughs> yeah, and still to this day, and she's fantastic. You know, I've taken her to, you know. I'm sure you've done the same for her, right? Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. It's a great, and, and like you said, you don't need, well, for me, I don't need hundreds of people around me that I need to divulge in. I just have a, a, an amazing support crew, and I continue to meet amazing women who are, helping helping others and you know on the same journey as what we are so um so Danny what are three benefits um I suppose of of using um, a family lawyer of utilizing a family lawyer through this time I think you know there are all sorts of family lawyers just like there are all sorts of any profession yes I think it's very empowering to get advice right from the beginning even before I mean I read somewhere that it takes 12 attempts to leave okay So I think when you're going through that period of time, it's really important to know what it looks like because what we do is we catastrophize in our mind what a separation is going to look like. I'm not going to be able to financially support myself. How am I going to pay rent? No one's going to give me a rental, you know. So to get that legal advice 
while you're still in the decision-making process, I think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. And yep. you can use, I always say, you can use this advice in six weeks, six months, six years. It's still going to be relevant. Yep. It's still going to empower you. So getting your ducks in a row to a certain extent mm-hmm. um, before you separate, I think seeing a family lawyer is part of that. But I think you have to be very careful how you choose your family lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to be mindful not to choose based on location. Okay, they're local to me. I'm just going to go to the local one. Mm-hmm. I think you should be reading, you know, the material that they put out, how they represent themselves and choose based on values. Because if your values align with your lawyer, it'll be just a much easier process for yeah. you. Yeah. So, you know, um, first tip is get advice early. Go to a family lawyer early. Second one is choose based on values. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is, um, you know, you don't need to over-prepare. People think that they need to have, like, all their financial documents ready for me when they come to see me. You don't need anything. Mm -hmm. You just need to come with an open mind, ready to listen. And if you um, feel really nervous or anxious, you're not going to take everything in, bring a support person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really great idea. I remember actually I went for a, um, a medical diagnosis uh, three and a half years ago and I took my friend with me, the same person actually that helped me through my separation. And she said to me, it, she actually said to me, it's a good idea if I come because I will hear things you don't. Absolutely. And so when you're emotionally attached to something, yeah. really emotionally attached, like you're in the midst of it, yeah. sometimes it's great to have that other set of ears there that you can then come out of and debrief because you might have heard something in a certain way and they might have heard it in another way. Look, the initial consult with a lawyer is a strange thing. There's a lot of information to absorb. Yeah, I was, especially with me, I was taught as a junior lawyer, in the initial consult, just sit and listen. Don't give any advice because then you want to charge them for that advice after the initial consult. And that never sat well with me because people have taken a hell of a lot of courage to come and make that initial consult with you. Mm -hmm. They're paying, you know, a decent amount, a fixed fee, but a decent amount, and they should get as much value as possible. Mm -hmm. So I really, um, I I love when I can see my client's shoulders relax like halfway through the consult because I can see the relief. Yeah. That they're getting that the information they need, that they're going to be supported, that they're not on their own, and they're going to be okay. That's the message I want to get through to them. You are going to be okay. Yeah. 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 I love that. So um, just in closing, Danny, if you could give one piece of um, information or one, one top tip for mm-hmm. women who are maybe um, considering or, or moving through that transition of separation or it's not necessarily divorce, maybe it, you've been in a long-term relationship with someone you haven't been married, what would, what would that be? What would that look like? It's actually like it's heavy, but I think especially as mums, we're role modelling to our children what they can expect to deserve out of a relationship and that's a heavy burden to carry. Because a lot of women can't do this for themselves. They don't see their own worth. They don't see that they are entitled to more. So sometimes when I see women in very abusive relationships, it's almost a guarantee, especially that their daughters will go and do the exact same thing and repeat the same pattern. It's almost a guarantee. So if you can't do it for yourself, you really need to think about do you, want, do you want your children to be in the same relationship that you're in? Because actually our life is only limited by our own imagination. Anything is possible, even if it doesn't feel possible. 
Um, and so, you know, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your kids. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think um, pretty much every single woman that I've spoken to who are on the other side of separation and divorce, mm. that I've spoken to hundreds of them, <clears throat> they have all said that they have, they all stayed longer than what they would have. Yeah. If they had known what they know now. Yeah. So, like you said, it is totally possible to, you know, have an extraordinary, amazing life. And I think, um, and I do speak about this often, I talk about it often on social platforms and um, I've spoken about it before on other podcasts about the fact that when I I made a decision to um, become a single mum and, and uh, leave my marriage because... I wanted to break the pattern of, of generations of women in my family who stayed in unhappy relationships for the kids yeah. and, and they weren't healthy. They no, weren't healthy okay. relationships. They no. weren't. Kids are not affected by divorce. And I know that's a bold statement to make. Mm-hmm. Kids are affected by conflict. Whether you have that in your relationship or your divorce, that's what they're impacted by, conflict. Yeah. They want to feel safe and secure. <laughs> And they want to see mum happy and healthy. Yeah. Yeah. More than anything. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm really impressed by the work you do and thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being on here. You're amazing. Thank you.